0: Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Well, there are a number of things I am thankful for today, but one of them is it's uh, Linda's and my 34th anniversary today. So I, uh, yeah, so... And it's always good to get married on Thanksgiving because then you don't forget your your anniversary, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, that's a a good thing to do. And so I'm thankful for that. Uh, As I mentioned before, for those of you who are watching online, we're going to celebrate communion a little later on. And if you would like to celebrate with us, I would encourage you to get the uh, elements together, the bread and juice or crackers and water, whatever you would like to use this morning. Well, this morning we're starting into a uh, series on prayer, because you know, I think you know, and I know, that prayer is the foundation of what happens in a church. But there's a whole lot of different aspects of prayer, and there's a whole lot of questions around prayer. And so today, we're going to start into that series, and we're going to be looking at different aspects of prayer, and things like... uh, how to pray, and why does it seem sometimes that God doesn't answer prayer, and uh, what are various means of praying. We're going to look at a, a number of those different things, but giving today is Thanksgiving. Uh, normally, I wouldn't start off this way on a series like this, but uh, next Sunday, I'll start off on why pray, and we'll take a look at that, but uh, prayer and thanksgiving. I love that our country celebrates Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving uh, in the United States, as you may know, uh, it was tied to the pilgrims who claim over on the Mayflower. But Thanksgiving uh, for Canadians was actually celebrated before Uh, Thanksgiving in the States with with a guy by the name of Martin Frobisher, who Frobisher Bay was named after. Uh, In 1558, he gathered together some people, and they had a meal of Thanksgiving, and then they celebrated communion together to recognize the goodness of God and a good harvest. For those of us who are Jesus followers, this weekend reminds us of a posture that we are always to have towards God. When we are given thanks, we are are echoing heaven. Revelation chapter 5, verse 12 and 13 gives us this glimpse into heaven, and this is what it says. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the seas and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Did you catch that? The Jesus who was crucified is worthy of all honor and glory and praise. All heaven is singing praise to the Father and the Son and the, and the Holy Spirit and because they have done amazing things, and it is right and proper to give thanks. For when we do, we are echoing heaven. On your better days, and on my better days, my guess is that you know that it's right to give thanks too. We're called to give thanks because the one who is worthy of all our praise and honor and glory is with us. But, but did you know that God has so created the world that those who will learn gratitude and thanksgiving will find the power of God working on their behalf? Did you know that that those who learn what it means to give thanks will see God show up in ways that wouldn't happen for other people who don't show gratitude? Martin uh, Merlin Carruthers, in his book, "The Power of Praise tells this story. Jim's father had been an alcoholic for thirty years, and during all those years, Jim Mother and later Jim and his young wife had prayed that god would would heal him, but with no apparent results. Jim's father refused to admit that he had a problem with alcohol, and he stalked out in anger to anybody who would mention religion to him one day. Jim heard uh, Carruthers speak about the power that is released when we begin to praise God for everything in our lives instead of just pleading with him to change the circumstances that displease us. Jim brought home the recording of the message, and he he played it over and over and over again. He played it to his friends, and and then one day it, it struck him that he had never tried praising God for his father's condition. Excitedly, he shared his thoughts with his wife. Um, Honey, let's thank God for our dad's alcoholism and praise the Lord that it is part of a wonderful plan for dad's life. Well, for the rest of the day, they gave thanks and they praised God for every aspect of the situation. And by evening, they felt a, a new sense of excitement and expectation. The next day, the parents came over for their usual Sunday dinner visit. And always before, Jim's father had, had cut the visit as short as possible, leaving right after dinner. Uh, this time, over a cup of coffee, he suddenly asked a pointed question. What do you think of these, this Jesus revolution? He turned to Jim. I saw something on the news last night, and is it just a fad, or is something actually happening to kids who are on drugs? The question led to a lengthy and open discussion about Christian faith, the elder couple didn't leave until late into the evening. Within weeks, Jim's father came to admit his drinking problem. He turned to Jesus Christ, who delivered him from his addiction. And now uh, he joins the rest of the family in telling others what praising God can do. Just think Jim said to Carruthers, for 30 years we prayed God to change Dad, We spent only a day praising him in the situation, and look what happened. Paul and Silas, you may remember, were whipped and beaten. They were caught up in a riot, and then they were thrown in prison. And in that prison, they were put in stocks in the jail of Philippi. If anyone ever had reason to complain and to commiserate and to uh, feel bad, it would be Paul and Silas. But what did they do? They worshiped God. They gave thanks for who he is and what, what he had done. And God moved. There was an earthquake. And the, the doors of the jail swung open. And God did some wonderful things. Praise has a way of, of unlocking doors. Giving thanks has a way of calling into Prisons. Worship has a way of releasing the blessing of God. It has a way of of attracting the presence of God. Giving thanks is a way of, of releasing our faith in God. It has a way of allowing God to do what He wants to do in our situation. So, on this Thanksgiving day, it's a reminder. Give thanks. So I want to take the rest of time and and put Thanksgiving into context. Come with me to the passage that was read, if you have your uh, Bibles or smartphones or tablets. Philippians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul seemed to spend a lot of time in prison. This time he was in a Roman prison when he wrote Philippians. Uh, And this is what he wrote from his cell in a Roman prison. Romans chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. Paul's in this Roman prison and he says rejoice in the Lord. And if you've read the book of, of Philippians, you know that this isn't the first time he said that. He says rejoice over and over again. All through the book, book of Philippians, he's urging the, the church in Philippi to rejoice. To rejoice in the Lord is to take joy in the Lord, to be glad in the Lord. To rejoice in the Lord and, is, and, and to give thanks to the Lord are, are parallel ideas. And as we give thanks to the Lord for what he has done, we have joy in the Lord, and as we have joy in the Lord, we tend to give thanks to the Lord. Out of the overflow, thanksgiving comes. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Then he goes on to say this, verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I, I've been around people who have been so joyful in the Lord that they've been oblivious to other people. But that's not what Paul is saying. He says, rejoice in the Lord, but he follows it up. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Paul clearly says, but rejoice, but interact with others with gentleness. If you understand the power of thanksgiving and its transformative effect on our lives and how it it calls forth the blessing of God and the presence of God, you may unintentionally use thanksgiving as a weapon. See, when people are in deep mourning or in deep pain, be careful how you go up to them and urge them to rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Approach those who are struggling and hurting in gentleness. Let them know that the Lord is near. God is very present. He not only knows your life, but He he knows the life of the people around you. Sometimes the, the best thing that you can do is to bring your presence where you've been glad in the Lord. And the thanksgiving that you have and the well-being that you feel in your soul and bring it into a situation and be gentle with those around you. That's the posture that brings life. After reminding us that, that the Lord is near, Paul, Paul teaches us how to pray. He says in, in verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You've engaged in that cycle of being glad in the Lord, and, and that leads us to thanksgiving, and thanksgiving leads us to being glad in the Lord. We've remembered that the Lord is near, and then comes this command. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Life has a way of happening, doesn't it? Stress is real, anxiety is real. Life gets really messy sometimes. And I used to hear this verse telling us to um, not be anxious as if we could somehow control our emotions and uh, just say, well, I'm going to stop feeling anxious. That's not what this verse is saying. It's saying that if you're experiencing anxiety, then here's what you do. If you're experiencing stress and worry in life, here's what you do. You take the things that you are feeling anxious about. That's what it means by every situation. You take the situations that are causing you stress, and you take the the possibilities of the future, which is is, uh, putting fear into you. You take those things to God in prayer and petition with thanksgiving. You let your request be made known to God. In other words, it's not trying to stop the feelings that you are having and saying, I'm going to feel something that I'm not feeling or I'm I'm going to stop feeling what I am feeling. What the anxious thoughts do is they become a prompt. They become a trigger that sets off this loop of prayer. So you take... Don't be anxious about everything, but, hear the but. It's a trigger's prayer, but in every situation, by prayer and position with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Most of you know that the prayer is simply talking to God, saying, Lord, you just have a conversation with him. And I'm hoping that we as our church uh, will learn to, to listen to God so that we can hear him speak back as well. Um, And so, you talk to God about the situation, about the anxiousness you're feeling, but not your feelings so much as what situation is prompting that. And as that triggers prayer, it allows you to move in to asking God specifically what you want to do. Now, I have found that there are different ways to pray. Most times when I pray, I'm praying silently. Sometimes if I have space and I'm alone, I will pray out loud. Sometimes when I'm feeling really anxious and my mind gets on that hamster wheel of, of uh, worry, sometimes I can't focus enough to, to do either of those things, so I'll imitate the psalmist and write my prayer out. Say, Lord, this is what I need. See, it's so easy to get focused on the anxiety. It's so easy to get focused on our feelings. But that's to be a trigger to prayer. The verse goes on to say prayer and petition. Sometimes the word petition is is, uh, translated supplication. The idea is that we're lacking something. And we're going to humbly ask God to fill up the lack, to do uh, what needs to be done in that situation. It's a it's a humble begging God to to for us to to be provided for. This is not the kind of prayer. This kind of supplication and petition is not the kind of prayer that says. God bless mom, and God bless dad, and God bless grandpa and grandma. God bless the whole world. This is the kind of prayer that talks to God about what we're lacking. Talks to God about exactly what we need. It's not just kind of these general prayers, but it's, there's a specific need. We talk to God about that. What are you praying about specifically? I mean, really specifically, what are you asking God to do? I am asking that, that God would allow us to see dozens and dozens of people here in our community come to know Jesus at Asbury every year. It's the kind of prayer that says, Lord, we want more people to come to know you in our church would you show us specific ways that we can cooperate with you? Would you show us ways what we're doing is holding you back from doing this in our midst? Lord, would you show up and give us wisdom so that we can see dozens of people every year come to know you? That's very different than praying, "Ah, Lord, just bless our church and bring people here. Lord, what are we lacking? What do we need? What specific things can we pray for? How could you pray specifically? Remember, these these things are often triggered by our fear, anxieties, worries. If you are worried about your, your son, then don't just pray, God help Johnny. Pray specifically... What do you want God to do in Johnny's life? But I want you to notice the next phrase. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. If you forget the with thanksgiving part, you are likely to move into a mindset that is unhealthy and unhelpful. If you are stressed about something, and and you use that as a prompt to talk to God, and if you pray about what you are lacking, and specifically what you want God to do, and if you stop there, what's going to happen is you're likely to get fixated on your problem. And that doesn't help. Getting fixated on your problem doesn't help. But when you use your worries as a prompt of prayer and you you pray specifically about a situation and the answers that you want to see in a humble way and you combine that with thanksgiving, something happens. See, you start to remember what God has done and you give thanks. That's the kind of, of thanksgiving that removes your focus from your problems and moves it to who God is. When you start to remember what God has done in the past, thanksgiving has a way of, of boosting your faith and strengthening your faith and growing your confidence in God. You've seen Him work in the past and you're trusting Him to work in the present so that you trust Him with specific prayer requests. So continuing on the example I used before, I'm, I pray something like this. God, we're asking that you would bring dozens of people to know you every year at Asbury. As we look at what you've done in the past, Lord, we see that you've changed lives. We see that you have used this church to impact many people for you. We've seen the people who were far away from, from you have come close to you. And so, Lord, we're asking that you would do it again. Lord, as we look back at the history of Asbury, we know that it's affected thousands of people. We're asking that you would do it again. We're asking, Lord, that you would bring dozens of people to follow you every year. And the verse goes on to summarize it by saying, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Ask him for what you want. You know, there there's some people who are afraid to ask God for what they want. They think that that is somehow selfish. They're happy to ask for other people, but they, they don't ask for themselves. But it's your anxiety. It's your worry. It needs to be your prayer. It's okay to pray about you. I want you to know that. And the promise of God is found in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There's a peace that comes from God that doesn't make sense in you, for your circumstances. It would be natural for you to feel anxiety, and yet you have peace. If, if Paul were a Canadian and he was writing this verse, this is kind of the intention of the verse, it would say, um, the peace of God will goaltend your heart. That's, that's, that's the idea behind will guard your heart. It'll go, goaltend your heart. The peace of God has a, has a way of blocking anxious thoughts that the devil throws your way and that you're prone to pick up. And here's what I want you to know. If you if the devil does score a goal and you start to feel anxious again, what do you do? You go back into the loop. You rejoice in the Lord and you give thanks. You, you choose to use that as a trigger for prayer and for petition and then you start to give thanks again. And as you do this, the peace of God rolls into your heart. You'll notice that and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's why we put such a heavy emphasis around here on abiding in Christ. It is out of that relationship, that strong connection with Jesus. When you're in Christ, that is where the peace comes from. That is what allows you to experience what God has for you. We're, we are going to be talking a lot about prayer in the next little while but today i want to remind you about prayer and thanksgiving because here's what you need to know thanksgiving honors god thanksgiving undergirds faith thanksgiving brings deliverance thanksgiving is the voice of faith thanksgiving is the language of heaven thanksgiving sets the stage for god to move Thankfulness releases the angels to minister. Thankfulness fuels joy, which is your strength. Thankfulness knocks down walls of resistance. Thankfulness stills the enemy and the avenger. Thankfulness dispels darkness and depression. Thankfulness must proceed and not follow blessing. Thankfulness brings the presence of God onto the scene. Thankfulness is a sure sign of the acceptance of the word of God. Thankfulness is the highway that faith moves. Its blessing down. So on this Thanksgiving Day, I want to remind you always give thanks. You know, we as followers of Jesus have so much to give thanks for. Today we are going to celebrate communion. And when Jesus instituted communion, he said, Do this in remembrance of me. We remember that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet far away from God, Christ died for us. We remember that God so loved the world and he loved each one of us and he knows us by name. The Lord is near. We remember that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We remember that the, the, the God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son. And we remember that Jesus bore our sin on the cross that so we could be forgiven. We could be renewed we could have a personal, intimate, strong relationship with the God of the universe. We remember God's goodness and our need of forgiveness. We give thanks because of God's mercy and we celebrate his grace because we certainly didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We didn't somehow be good enough uh, to deserve uh, uh, his gift of salvation. When we look at what Jesus did on the, on the cross, we can be thankful because in the cross, Jesus provided for your need. The Bible said he was wounded for our transgression. He was, he was bruised for our iniquity. The, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his strength, we are healed. He calls those of us who are far away and those of us who are close to come. He made a, receive, a way that we could receive all that God has for us. When you look at the cross and what Jesus did for us, it is good and right and obvious that we should give thanks. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help our anxieties and worries and fears to trigger prayer. Help our prayers to be specific. Help our specific prayers to trigger thanksgiving. Help our thanksgiving to trigger faith. And Lord, we claim your promise for peace. Today, Lord, as we move into this time and as we celebrate thanksgiving, but more than that, as we give thanks and celebrate what you've done, I'm asking that you would meet each person as they take part in communion. Your grace would move in their life in such a way that they would know your power and life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you would like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page. Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.